Eyes up, Guardians. We are live for episode 140 of the Conqueror's Corner podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday, November the 22nd. I am the Destiny Bad Boy, not Ryan Fox, and I have returned with my fire team, who all of you CCBs know by now. Jared? Hey everyone, so Bungie's kind of laying out the meta for next season. Uh, it's going to be solar, it's going to be stasis, it's going to be reworks, and um, a nerf to stay in the life. And the Chronicler himself, Chad Ocero. I'm sad. I'm going to be hanging up my hammer on the tool wall. Just putting it up right there, and it's going to be sad. It's going to be hanging right next to my well radiant sword, I'm afraid. But as a reminder, if you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch, don't forget you can take us on the road via Spotify, iTunes, and other podcast services. Make sure you subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, click the bell, turn on notifications, yada, yada, yada. Follow us on Twitter slash X at DestinyCCPod. Send us bungee friend requests so we can play games together. We do have a lot to discuss from the Destiny 2 community team's twid that came out earlier today. But before we get into that, let's listen to the intro music, which is brought to you by everybody's favorite link, who you can find on Twitter at Link of Time G. Conquer's Corner, a Destiny podcast. Wow, Link. Awesome job. Thank you. Jared? All right. The Twid uh, is kicking off with showing the Witcher crossover into Destiny. Uh, that is going to be the Eververse armor set, ship, Sparrow, Ghost, to go purchase uh, with the hard-earned silver that you um, put into the game. Um, probably going to be $20 per set, I would guess. Um, and who knows about yep. ship, ghost, uh, etc. there. It's another 20 Okay. Um, so that you tell me I would have to spend $80 to get it all. You're telling me you'd be surprised if you did? No, that they, is they they missed by forty five percent, sir, of projected revenue. Mm. Okay, so uh, that's gonna be a pass for me. Even though this stuff does look cool with the swords on the back of the characters, uh, I would say the hunter helmet is probably gonna be a winner there, and so is a warlock. As like, a, if you're really trying to sell somebody on it, it's gonna be those two sell points. That's weird because I thought the Titan definitely looked the best. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> did did either of you play Witcher three or Witcher two or one? I played Witcher three nope. probably for about four four hours. Okay, so Witcher three puts me in mind more of the main character like Geralt or whatever, and that's probably why I favor that set. Um. I think the I like the warlock helmet, but I don't really care for the rest of it. But the I think the Titan one looks pretty rad. And that hurt that hurts me to say. 
I like the two swords on everybody's back. That's the only reason I I want any of it. Yeah. So so in the in the war of the Witcher, you have like a a regular sword, and then you have like a monster sword. Silver. Right. So there you go. You know about it. You know about That's it. Good Did for you, ghosts uh, and things. Well, I know mythology. Uh, did you uh and I'm a i guess nerd. i guess the uh the netflix show was was pretty rad uh, oh, yeah. i never watched yeah, it no it was good it was good yeah. it made me want to at least look at a game so i did i looked at one and then i covered yeah. the day <laughs> looked at it and i was like 120 hours to play this no way um i do want to say that i i realized that I own The Witcher 3, but it's only, I own it on like Xbox, right? Hmm. So I was like, man, I, I wonder, because I think that game came out, man, it might have been what, like 2016 or something like that, that game came out. And I was wondering, I was like, I wonder how much um, like Witcher is these days. So I, I pulled it up on on Steam and you can get the game and both DLCs for twelve dollars and forty nine cents. Um, that, that actually, it came out. Get you an armor set. Huh, that's that's where I was headed. That's not even <laughs> enough for for one armor set. Uh, so, and that game came out in twenty fifteen. Actually, yes, I was a year off. Uh, but um, we're not here to complain. Um, I will say, incredible game incredible value for $12.49 like you legit have over 100 hours because what happens in that game you start off in this giant open area and then you like play for like four or five hours and then you realize that you're really on like five percent of the area of like that island and then you open up another island like two-thirds of the way through so there is so much game um there there's a dlc that's called like uh blood and wine or something like that i want to say and and it's it's even better than the base game so all kinds of stuff to do um highly recommend it cool crossover um but probably like seven years late yeah seven years ago while there was um still under activision yeah they were so it was it came out in 2015 so i mean destiny one was that would have been like around the time of taken king so um what i thought was weird so cd project red is who is the company that did uh the witcher games and they also did um cyberpunk 2077 which has like the same aesthetics as lightfall why did they not do like uh any sort of crossover there um this did cyber i just not as familiar with cyberpunk then like i know uh norm there's like one one it's or two keanu characters. reeves keanu, yeah, keanu reeves, reeves in it. like he's in there but like it's but the, like, it's kind of like a characters. it's kind of like a yeah um so in that game basically you um, you can augment yourself with like robot parts and like AI and stuff, which kind of seems to fit, you know, like thematically. 
Um, it's it's bright colors, neon, uh, not not really steampunk, but that that like neon, that neon stuff of light bulb. Uh, oh well, this stuff yeah. the stuff still it still looks rad, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, next up is the season twenty three artifact and all of if it's mods. I really like how Bungie just gives these ahead of time now uh, and doesn't wait till the day of the season for people to start looking there and seeing what they are. Um, so column ones always there's basic champion mods that um. For some reason, they only gave us four out of five here for some reason. So, you know, the first one is the anti-barrier sidearm. So, I mean, it's a, it's a wasted slot. So, it's like not even should be there. So, now we have four other ones in column one to use. So, we got unstoppable hand cannon, unstoppable bow, overload auto rifles, and overload pulse rifle. Oh, no. <clears throat> the only anti-barrier is sidearm? Yeah. That, that, that so, was we don't even have an anti-barrier. Up. No. Yeah. <clears throat> no. Whenever I, because I, this is like at the top of the twid, obviously. And I was like, I know they're about to nerf Wishender down in this twid somewhere. Yeah. And it's going to be a rough barrier season. Uh, we still got revision zero, and I will use it on anything. I will not be purchasing anti barrier sidearm, nor using it for the I will be. season 23. I will be. Brigands all. <laughs> Um, column two. Uh, this is whenever some starts changing up a bit. Usually, some siphon mods and some, like just like some combining of like mods that make build crafting a little bit easier. You got flame fiber and freeze combined solar strand and solar stasis siphon mods into one. You got kindling trigger. Radiant causes solar weapons to apply scorch to unscorched combatants. Blast Radius, Rapid Final Blows with Rocket Launchers and Grenade Launchers, Grant Armor Charge. Uh, you have Origin Perk Specialization 1, improves benefits to uh, Sundering, Nano Mutations, Nano Rocket Tracers, uh, Origin, Origin Traits. Um, go ahead and tell you right now, Column 3, there's basically that same thing again, but Level 2. And uh, then for the final thing in Column 2 is from where it's from where it's you came increases ability damage to taken and scorn combatants. So ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next season. Um, any, anything dungeon, that can we Dungeon, you? you think? Yeah. Just like a, a little hint at the dungeon. Yeah. Um, Kidling trigger when, when Radiant causes solar weapons to apply Scorch, I think that's really great. I think that's something I'll be having on in that column, as well as Blast Radius. So I was going to say the same too, and um, I'm not going to take credit for this. I did see it on uh, DTG, the subreddit, um, like Eyes of Tomorrow and how sick it's going to be next season. Um Basically, it's going to be like infinite ad clear with infinite ammo and you're scorching mm. everything and you're always radiant. So, um, yeah, those are going to play into that for sure. 
Um, moving on to column three, you got Flint Striker, Rapid Solo Weapon Precision Hits, and Rapid Solo Weapon Final Blows, Grant Radiant. So that's kind of what Fox was mentioning there with Eyes of Tomorrow. You have Torch, while Radiant deal increased weapon damage to combatants affected by Strand and Stasis debuffs. So maybe, you know, you're playing with that uh, two sides of the coin there and then and buffing each other. Then you have Heart of the Flame, casting your solo super, grants nearby allies radiant and increases the damage of your super for each nearby ally. Uh, Golden Gun, the, uh, the Titan super that has the new arms that just came out, Chad. That like makes it into one big solar tornado. Oh gosh, um, they're they're in my brain, but I can't I can't remember yeah. them. Yeah, mm. you asked me three weeks ago, so I was just using them, and now, yeah. Um, but those are the two that came to mind as a, a big super damage output with that on. Pyro uh, Gale gauntlets. There you go. Those, um, you know. I did try Warlock with the um, that stupid helmet, Dawnblade? like that that buffs the Dawnblade. the cicada yeah. one looking one. Yeah, that one, and it's just like it's just like a lot of work, but it's not trash. that much benefit. Uh, it's like just trash. So. And what sucks is a lot of those, uh, even like uh, Wings of Sacred Dawn, mm-hmm. cool looking exotic, but useless float in the air and get your ass shot off of you, you know, you know, but it is, it is what it is. And then uh, we always talk about the origin port specialization too. Um, that's the other thing in column three. And then finally wished into being while your super is newly fully charged ability, final blows spawn orbs of power wearing season of the wish armor decreases super amount threshold. So you get your super a little bit easier when you're at the end of your super with Season of the Wish armor. Uh, column four, Unraveling Orbs. Picking up an orb of power grants strand weapons unraveling rounds. So this is like volatile flow for void weapons. This is that for strands. So I think that's probably going to be popular. Pillar of Ice, killing an encased combatant spawns stasis crystals. Uh, Revitalizing burst, causing damage with solar ability weakness. Uh, Causing damage with solar abilities weakens champions and bosses for a short duration. So that's usually like a 20% debuff there. Then we have Overload Rocket Launchers. And then Dragon's Bite, which is breaking a combatant shield with strand or stasis weapon, has a chance to suspend or freeze that combatant, wherein Season of the Wish armor increases this chance. Really wanting you to use the armor. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. No, I'm, I'm pretty well pretty well set. It's going to be a pretty killer piece to make it on. At, at this point, it's like, the only way that they would have me use that armor is that we have custom stat point distribution. Like an armor has 62 points. I get to put those 60 points, 62 points wherever I choose. Not only that, or what if you do the, the legendary, your first completion of the 
legendary seasonal activity of the week grants you artifice armor and then you can focus like your top two stat mm. like if you want like resilience discipline or something you can get like one from the top three and then one from the bottom three then you can choose like you know you don't get to necessarily completely distribute but you can heavily influence and just do that unlike the you know there's what 15 weeks a season or something 14 um do it to where like you know at most you're do you're getting 14 pieces of armor or 14 chances at armor which is like three per slot so you're getting you know your class items don't really matter so that takes some out you know what i mean there's there's a way they could do it to 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 make me run that every week cuz right now i'm not <clears throat> the only reason i run it now is because you can get like two red borders out of it and like these mods are only around for this season. So like next like Exactly. Next, so that's a lot of to put in for. You know, we got these that, or, that or artifice armor. Like if if it dropped as artifice armor, if you did a legendary like a legendary um seasonal activity, it dropped artifice, then I would be a lot more likely to do it. All right, our last column here. Horde sh- horde shuttle. Uh, damaging unraveled targets with a weapon occasionally spawns a thread threadling hell of the storm shattering encased targets with stasis crystals deals increased damage shattering a stasis crystal releases shards of ice that damage and slow targets um yeah i think stasis is gonna be pretty hot next season ways of precision while radiant solar Precision final blows cause combatants to ignite. Solo operative. While you are the only member of your fire team, you deal increased damage to all combatants. So that's really nice, especially with a new dungeon that everybody usually tries to solo pretty quickly. And then finally, you have Argent Ordnance. While firing a lock- rocket launcher consumes one stack of armor charge, granting increased damage and a reload speed until you reload or stow your rocket launcher. That's a that's an old mod returning, right? Yeah, yeah. You used to always have the ability for that. You used to like always on your legs. <clears throat> yep. Man, can you imagine that Argent Ordinance with uh, the rocket launcher from the the la- dungeon last season, where you can fire four rockets without reloading? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Man, that's that's pretty sick. I don't know. I, I guess some of this with Dragon's Breath and mine bosses. too. Oh yeah, I forgot about dragons, bro. Yeah, so they're they're really like uh, well, one of the things that like was it called dragons bite or something earlier? Yeah. yeah. But the thing that gets me is like uh, like I was there for all of Destiny One, like Dragon's Breath was like they act like this is freaking Gowerhorn coming back. You know what I mean? Like it, it wasn't that. I promise you it wasn't that. Like, I mean, it was it was okay. But, I mean, imagine, like, uh, you know, it wasn't Vex Mythoclast. It wasn't Gowerhorn. Um, it was, it was, it was, it wasn't even really like a Soros regime because Soros dominated Crucible for so long, you know? It, I mean, it was, I don't understand why they're acting like all this fanfare for it. 
uh, overall, uh, I do like uh, the, the seasonal artifact besides, you know, the anti-barrier sidearm. Um, <laughs> you know. Y'all know me. All right, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna be side sidearm is gonna be my only primary. Like every every Boyd out I have is gonna have a sidearm next season. Oh, uh, I just feel the frustration building up. All right, um, ability changes and just like overall, we work to getting your abilities back in PVE PVP. Um, a fundamental we work is going on at Bungie. And um, there's a lot of words they said here, but I'm going to keep it really simple. So, like, with a perk, Demolitionist will give you, like, 7% of your grenade recharge back. Um, if you have two grenades, that one recharges after a minute. The other one recharges after two minutes. Um, currently, it still gives you that same 7% to your grenade. That's no longer going to be the case. It's not going to just going to take off seconds of your cooldown. So that original one-minute grenade cooldown is going to stay the same where you get um, 7%. So, you know, you do the math. There's a handful of seconds there. Um, but when that two-minute grenade cooldown, instead of just greening you double, it's going to get you a little bit less because that grenade is, is more potent. So you still shouldn't be getting it back as quickly or as you are at the one-minute cooldown grenade. This goes for uh, grenade, all grenades, all melee abilities, and all class abilities. All right. Um, next is uh, the BGs and staying alive. So right now, Bungie cannot make content hard enough in this game to challenge the people for a well, well built crafted player. So basically. If a player really knows what they're doing, they're either going to take no damage or that the damage they take is like negated by how much healing they're able to do to themselves. So these next things here is going to bring those down a bit, but I don't think they're nerfing them too hard yet. So Rovin Mel, uh, damage resistance versus PVE combatants uh, is going down from 55 to 45. And then Restoration, um, it has two levels. It has Restoration 1 and Restoration 2. Restoration 1 um, in PvE, it used to give you 40 health points per second. Now it's going to give you 35. In PvP, it gave you 20, and now it's going to give you 17.5. Restoration 2 for PvE, it was at 65 hit points per second. And now it's only going to be 50. And then in PvP, it was 32.5, and now it's just going to be 25. Um, along with those lines, Devour has been really good for a long time, about getting your grenade back and just instantly healing you. Um, and ever since 43.0, all three classes have the ability to do so. However, it was like more at the soul of Warlock. So instead now... Um, if you do not have Feed the Void equipped on a Warlock and you get Devour procced, you'll get 100 hit points and then um, some grenade um, energy back. When you have Feed the Void on, you'll get that two, full 200 hit points back and that full grenade energy based on um, the level of combatant that you take out. 
Um, this this doesn't keep me from using Devour on Hunter. I think it's still a good good perk, um, but you know, I guess it's kind of restoring um, a, a making the the Void Warlock shine a little bit more. You know, with the other nerfs to Restoration that maybe some of the staying alive warlocks is getting pushed over to being void and not everybody on a solo warlock. Listen, void warlock and really all warlock of the so between like the stasis with the with the the turrets and then the arc with the the tickle fingers and like just the add clear that you can do on that subclass is sick. <clears throat> void you can just absolutely wreck stuff if you build into it. And stasis, you have that very hard-hitting super. Like, uh, And with the threadlings and things, you can kind of build into it. It's probably my least favorite of the five, uh, but it, it's still pretty good. Warlocks are in a good spot, especially if you use like uh, Eyes of Another World, um, the <clears throat> Ark, the, the Helmet, Crown of Tempest. Um, you know, there's, there's good exotics, um, highly recommend eyes of another world. If you can find one, it basically gives you, it adds like plus 30 onto your cool, onto like your tears on your cooldown. So you can, you can do some sick stuff and have devour going. Um, and you have just like a quick Nova bomb, just absolutely just rain some pain and just get back to it. So all of those very good for warlock. So just because they're killing the well, it's, it, it's not bad. All right. Next up is, you know, probably um, it, it's getting close to like being called skill gap. And I think this is more of a, a practice and timing thing and not really a skill thing, but that is sprint and slide sprint and slide melees into doing a shot before or after um, as of, you know, Bungie nerfed a lot of one-shot abilities and like let them the uptime to be up higher. Like you can think of shoulder charge and stuff like that. And people have learned to negate this by sliding and doing a shotgun shot or some maybe you know a different kind of like quick burst shot and then shoulder charging into um, somebody in PvP or in the enemy. And um, Bungie's doing away with that now. Um, you're not going to be able to do that. Basically, there's, they thought it was really hard to track and people would just like instantly die and not know what happened. Um, I personally, I knew when it happened to me. And I, and I just understand what was happening, but I, I, I can kind of understand it. Do you, did you two know, knew that you could do that? That you could slide and shoot at the same time and then go into your melee ability? No, I must. I I don't think that my MMR is high enough. My behind the scenes matchmaking isn't high enough to face players that are capable of that. Um, because I, whenever I play Crucible, I am a god. I'm talking like four o JDA, five o six o, like it's and dude, it is so awesome. <laughs> whenever it happens, um, I'm just like just flexing on people like i like never lose like a one-on-one gunfight um mm. it's 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 sick um but then you know after two games of just dropping bags on everybody 
then Bungie decides to uh, let me just absolutely get dismantled. So I usually play three or four games at a time and then I'm done. So I'll do, I'll like destroy, destroy, get destroyed. And then I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm over this. So. I like, I know those times that you usually able to do like a sliding with a one, two punch shotgun to go into your solar charge. And it, it used to ramp up the damage a lot. That was one of the more funner things to do, um, but that's going away. Um, so, uh, seismic strike, shell bash, hammer strike, out of the storm, concentration, uh, fletcher storm, lightning surge, tempest strike, um, all these, or you can't do that with. Um, but tempest strike is going to get a little bit above here. It's actually seeing probably like I would say near to no usage out of out of hunters. Um, but they increased the base damage from 110 to 125, and they reworked the tracking behavior to be more consistent at longer ranges, and they improved consistency when traveling over rough terrain. Yeah, I hate that. Like, you could be playing in PvP and trying to use it, and you go to slide down the stairs, and you go to do the uppercut, and it just dove and make it past the first stair. <laughs> it was really... It's just it's like, why would I even try? Um... You know, but I mean, Tempest Strike was dead on arrival. Um, you couldn't, you couldn't amp up the damage with a one-two punch. So, I don't think anybody's using it at all because of that. It increases the melee cooldown on Arc Hunters. It's just not um, it, like th- this ain't enough to me. Um, this to to make it happen. Like until it's like blinding an enemy. Like I don't think it's I'm gonna be ever be using it in, in PVE. All right, uh, Chad, I think this is time for you to take over this next section here. All right, my Titan brethren and sister Thren. I don't know if that's a thing. Um, <laughs> it's like with the bonk hammer. Leave it over the grave and with that, just like, peace out, Titans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just disappears. So first came the banner of war. They like that we're using it. And they, they like that it's 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 really leaning into what they wanted the Berserker to actually feel like. Um, which, I mean, yeah, you want to get in there and just lay out. But uh, for Banner of War, they increased the number of enemy defeats necessary to level up the banner by approximately double and increased the amount of time added per enemy defeat. Uh, so you need to kill more things to make it go from like level one to level two. Um, but each enemy kill gives you more time on the on the timer so it's a little bit more forgiving on the time but you don't get the extra damage buffs for until you kill more enemies uh the values vary depending on the type of target defeated and then they fixed an issue where unpowered swords were granted a damage boost by banner of war Uh, so you can no longer uh, bonk with the sword hilt to to get uh that extra buff uh next was the throwing hammer all for all my bonk boys and girls and theys and thems. Uh, when when picked up, now returns melee energy over 1.4 seconds rather than instantly and increased projectile tracking strength by about 20%. So if you're throwing it at a distance, you have more of a chance of it actually hitting a target. But uh, when you pick it up, it takes 1.4 seconds for it to be fully reloaded again. So you can't just pick it, just keep chucking it. 
and like the animation goes long enough for it to automatically just be brought back up. So you can't just walk up to somebody's face um, and just with restoration, just keep bonking a mini boss until it's dead. Uh, sadly. So there's that for soul Invictus. They reduced the maximum sunspot duration from 20 to 12 seconds. And the duration is only ever reached when the player is standing inside the sunspot. Sunspot duration without the owner standing inside it remains unchanged at five seconds. So if you're standing in it, it'll stick around for 12 seconds. Otherwise, five second timer, it's gone. Very sad day. That 1.4 second bonk hammer. Mm-hmm. Woof. That, so I s- yeah. It's still probably the best staying alive build still oh yeah because you could just chuck it create a sunspot and then Mm -hmm. run into it yeah and and if if you start to get surrounded you just bonk a guy next to you kill him sunspot that's doing damage to the enemies nearby you get healing and then you can blow stuff up but no more synthos synthos and bonk hammer you're using it more for us it's still going to well, be yeah, but it's it's going to be a lot. It's not going to be an instant just chuck chuck chuck. It's going to be yeah. throw and point four throw. It's it's going to be a slower. You might be able to like if you're if you do canceling, you might be able to get like a little little shotgun shot off or something. But mm-hmm. like a you know, we'll have to figure it out. Timing is going to be changed. Yeah. yeah, you just just pair it with a swashbuckler, you know, primary, and you're putting out. Lots of lots of damage, and you get the healing. Oh, yeah. You'll be all right. All right, Fox. What's Just going use on? the use the macros on your controller. <laughs> you should be yeah. good to go. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I do. I do think that's pretty bad. That's a hefty nerf, but <clears throat> it'll be. It, it'll still be good. It'll still be fun. Um, I do quite enjoy throwing that hammer around whenever I do venture off the warlock for the 1% of the season that I do. Um, so, uh, well, and word of dawn, basically they were in the, like the, the tier, the fastest tier, essentially, uh, of that you get these supers back and they are just bumping them down one. So the base cooldown is going from 417 seconds to 455 seconds. They kind of basically come out and say that this is the first thing that they're doing to well, um, that more changes are coming. So it's probably still going to be good. It's not going to be as good. It's too good where it is. So it's I don't have any trouble, any problem with it. Of them trying to bring it down. All right. My only issue with bringing it down is like they've designed four years of content around Well Radiance. Okay. So now we have to actually use a little bit of like brain power or okay. have another person have another warlock somebody else is going to have to you're going to have to instead of being able to get by with two warlocks if that timing or something throws it off maybe you have to have a third Mm. or you know that's kind of my thought especially you know 
if uh so if if each warlock loses 30 seconds on that which i don't know i'm a guy that runs like eight or nine plus a phoenix protocol so i throw a well and if all of us stand in it especially in a gm which is really that or a raid is the only time that you really need a well let's be honest and we hop in there then i'm getting 80 to 85 percent of that back by the time that wells up so once you have it you can pretty much run one consistently and i don't even get the luxury of running with another well warlock because we're all spread out on all three classes so like you know your your tether that you throw on occasion i'll get some orbs off of um chad uses his super um if he's running strand you know it's it's usually for like champions or light bearers or if he's running um his void it's more of an emergency thing or a damage thing so like i don't even have anybody making orbs for me a whole lot and i'm still getting that much up like if we were running two or three warlocks then we could have a well 24 7 mm. yeah all right um you know one of the things that's you know try to combat well and pvp and that's stasis and mainly as conditional finality but uh, maybe some of these other stasis changes we got going on here is going to help. Um, you know, stasis was the meta for like what, like seven and a half months after uh, the online. Mainly hunter, mainly hunter. I felt. Yeah. Like the hunters um, were the most annoying because of the shatter dive. Like had there yeah. never been a shatter dive, then I I wouldn't have really cared because the Titan stasis sucked. Warlock stasis, mm -hmm. they had the melee, but outside of the melee, that was like the projectile melee that froze and the uh, the rift that froze. If somebody charged you, you know, that was really all that you could do on a warlock. It wasn't like the supers were overpowered, but that shatter dive was deadly. Uh, sure was. And um, I'll still be on, I'll donate to the campaign to make shatter dive great again. Um, you know, uh, there is lots of, uh, stasis fragments. Uh, that's whenever, like they started the three printer, like crafting scheme. And, um, some of those had some penalties to them, like minus strength or plus resilience and stuff like that. Um, just a few of these are getting a rework. Whisper of Hedrons, uh, they removed a minus 10 strength penalty. Whisper of Impetus now provides 10 resilience. Whisper of Shards no longer provides plus 10 resilience. Whisper of Hunger stat penalty changed from minus 10 mobility and minus 10 intellect to minus 20 strength. Whisper of Bonds removed the minus 10 discipline penalty. Um, I think this is going to open up some more avenues to some of these lesser used fragments or the ones that's overused, um, taking a little bit of nerf to those. Um, Hunters. The Withering Blade, uh, those used to be absolutely deadly in PvP, especially when you had two of them charged up. You throw them both real quick. First one slows, second one freezes and shatters the person uh, in PvP. Uh, that was really quite a time with some crazy double kills. Um, they're bringing them back up a little bit here, nothing too crazy, but they increase projectile speed by 10%. Uh, and then they increase the lifetime by 10%. Like that's how long it's like bouncing and going from target to target. 
and then they increased the maximum bounce count from two to three, and then they improved tracking consistency. So it should be a little bit better uh, just overall. Um, next up is Winter Shroud. That's dodging in a slowing nearby combatants. Um, they increase the slow stacks of PVE from 40 to 60. They increase slow duration applied to PVE combatants from 4 seconds to 8 seconds. And then they increase the slow duration size for PVE combatants from 8 meters to 9 meters. So if you're working Dragon Shadow, you'll be able to freeze a target with two dodges. Um, and then have a pretty good area for it. Right. Titan changes. So for Shiver Strike, now slows players on hit uh, behavior previously removed from the hotfix 3.2.0.3. Uh, fixed an issue where Shiver Strike would not function with the melee kickstart armor mod. It's good. That works now. Uh, Glacial Quake now freezes nearby players on cast. And on cast freeze, imp uh, impulse size versus players has been reduced from 8 to 6 meters. Um, so it, it it freezes from on cast, but at a closer radius versus what it was previously when they removed that. Uh, and then uh, Howl of the Storm fixed an issue where Howl of the Storm was not consistently freezing targets on contact with created stasis crystals. Um, so more consistent freezing when things touch crystals. It's all good. And onto the Warlocks, Frost Pulse. Um, significantly increased consistency against fast-moving targets. This change involved reworking how the ability applies freeze to targets, reducing the latency between when the ability is activated and when the target is actually frozen, and the freeze detonation size versus PVE combatants increased from 8 to 8.5 meters. A number of blasts increased the detonation size when impacting environment from 1.5 to 2 meters, Glacier Grenade reduced the base cooldown from 152 to 121 seconds, which is interesting. If you're not running the Stasis Turret build, some of the seasonal artifact mods were about using crystals and those things. Um, the cooldown penalties for Dustfill Grenade and Cold Snap Grenade when Bleak Watcher is equipped have also been updated so their cooldown times match the new Glacier Grenade cooldown time. So that might be the the play as opposed to the cold snap, which was always the play because it had the shortest cooldown time. So um, with that, and I guess it's going to depend, are you going to want to give up one of your mods off of your armor to run that seasonal artifact mod? That's kind of probably what it's going to play with, um, I would say. But 31 seconds, pretty significant, I thought. Uh, Cold Snap fixed an issue where the Seeker was not consistently created in the direction the projectile was moving after a bounce. Increased the arming shape size from 0 0.9 meters to 1.4 meters. Tracking strength now ramps down from full strength to zero over the course of the grenade's lifetime rather than immediately turning off after the Seeker had reached 0 0.5 seconds lifetime. Um, honestly, it just seems like they're working on the tracking of that grenade. Um, you know, they gave us 75 words to say that, uh, freeze increased special ammo weapon damage bonus versus frozen targets from five to 10%. That could be interesting. Um, right so, there, especially. 
that's just above the conditional finality. First shot freezes. Second second <laughs> shot is the solo shot. So it's just a. I, did, I hadn't even thought about that, but you're right. Um, does it always freeze? <clears throat> I guess it even freezes the big guys if you get a direct hit, like a full like full pellet spread or mm-hmm. whatever. So, yeah, I, I've always liked that gun. I uh, I liked it in PvP. I think it was last season I started using it in PvP quite a bit because I'm like a hand cannon shotgun player or a hand cannon sniper player. Typically shotguns is kind of how I like to play. So uh, conditional finality was pretty fun. Um, so it will be interesting to see to see that. And that gun just looks like the... The aesthetics of that gun is just freaking sweet. I I really like it. It's probably my, I don't know if it's top five, but if not, it's like number six or seven uh, as like just looking at it, thinking that looks mm. cool. Yep. Yep. Um, it also says these aren't the only changes for stasis that we have in the works. And we have some long requested changes for a future release that we'll discuss once they are closer. Here is a quick sneak preview. Got three bullet points here. Bullet point one, a new stasis keyword we're tentatively calling frost armor, aimed at addressing some of the player feedback regarding survivability when running stasis, particularly when not reusing Whisper of Rhyme and Whisper of Chains. Bullet point two, additional tuning changes and reworks to existing stasis fragments. Bullet point three, adding additional behavior to the harvest aspects. So um, fragment aspect changes. And then do you think that's going to be like uh, the chain mail or the woven mail or whatever? Um, is that kind of what you're thinking on that the stasis one there? Yeah, unless they they kind of get in more into like maybe it's just it's more resistant to like arc and void and strand, but like solar damage like melts it really fast and does more damage to that like ice armor. That would be sweet. Um, I would like them to see a change to Woven Mail to do the same thing there. Like, um, like Stasis would like be the the counter to Strand because Strand's about movement and the flow, and Stasis kind of freezes you up, gets you jammed right. up. Right, yep. slow. Don't mention my name if you get jammed up. <laughs> yep. Um. All right, now we got some exotic armor reworks and and mods reworks. So. The hunters are up first here, and um, shards of Galanor throwing knife kills now grant super energy, ranging between two and a half percent to five percent depending on the type of enemy killed. So you know it's it's about you know getting your super, doing big super damage, and then getting your super back again. Off the hide scythe, you know the, nobody uses this thing, but maybe here uh, kill. Knife kills now grant stacking a damage bonus. It's thirty percent, sixty percent, then a hundred percent for five sec, five sec up to five seconds for throwing knives, and dodging refreshes this duration. Um, most of the time, if you're like running patrols, you'll get the one shot knife kills pretty easily. Um, I guess you can get on a spree in PvP with this, but. Um, I will. I will say I've been seeing a lot of like Warzone, Call of Duty, like uh, the shorts, YouTube shorts of people going off with those throwing knives. 
And it really made me want to bust Ophidius Spade out with the hunter and just kind of start throwing some knives around and seeing what happened. So, so my biggest gripe whenever I see Call of Duty clips, I was like, how does this community still allow like sniper shots to the leg do one shot kill and throwing knives to the leg do one shot kill? Like, there is no precision to it at all. It's just controller That's meta heavy. Be- that's because they got to make those people feel good. The people that buy the 200 million copies of every game that they sell that are all on console, they got to make them, make them feel like they're good. So they keep buying the game. Okay. That's true. Uh, there you go. I mean, they're just a bunch of sheep then, right? All right. Um, Stop. Hey, I know you've dabbled in the Call of Duty <laughs> scene as I have. Yeah. Like, tell me, tell me I'm wrong. You're not. You're not. <laughs> okay. The, like the M4 and the MP5 have to be B plus or A minus weapons. Like they just have to be. And the thing that gets me the most is the people that play on a controller are hell bent think that if they get in a in a mouse and keyboard a computer lobby, that they are getting screwed so hard, and it is the exact opposite. <laughs> The exact opposite. Mm-hmm. And you know exactly who I'm talking about when I say this. <laughs> like what brothers I'm talking about that freak out if you get if you get in a PC lobby. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh man. Speaking of freaking out, man, the stompy nerf that happened like at the start of this season was really just not it. So they basically reverted it here. They removed the requirement to have four class ability energy to benefit from the movement bonuses. And then they reduced the airborne lateral acceleration bonus. And it now provides damage resistant against combatants while airborne. But so that's not going to happen in PvP. Only PvE for that uh, damage resistance. Um, Mechaneer's trick sleeves, sidearm damage bonus now persists for five seconds after your shields have been recharged. Um, sidearm kills extend the damage bonus duration for three seconds and completely reload your sidearm from reserves. Uh, the sidearm bonus has been reduced in PvP to compensate for it lasting longer, and now it does 10% extra damage instead of the original 35%. Bombardiers now applies 20 slow stacks to enemy players and 40 slow stacks in PvE. Um, so, oh, that means one dodge with Winter Shroud will freeze an enemy. So that's nice. Um, Triton Vice, which is the Glaive Gauntlets for Hunter. They increase the melee damage when surrounded by 100% in PvE and PvP. This is up from 30% in PvE and 10% in PvP. Um, that's a lot. That's a one-shot kill if you're surrounded with a glaive melee. Uh, finally, Celestial Nighthawk. Precision kills now grant super energy ranging between 1.5% and 4.5% depending on your type of target killed. So that's mirroring what's going on with a Shard's Galenor there. All right, I think Titans are up next. Yep. All right, so first of all, 
a very underrated exotic that I really enjoy, actually. Severance Enclosure. Increase the size and damage of the explosion, and kills with the exotic explosion will now trigger additional explosions. Chad, uh, I've so never seen you run this. I, I run it solo because it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I was running it a lot um, when I was doing my solo runs of, uh, of, oh my gosh, what's that? The Taken Dungeon? Um, Prophecy? Shattered Throne. Yep. Prophecy. Okay. Prophecy, not Shattered Throne. It wasn't as helpful in there. Uh, but prophecy, there's lots of things that get up close and personal, mm. and it just blows them up. Okay, and it's great. Uh, Peregrine Greaves, you now have to be airborne for a brief time before the exotic effects will apply. Uh, damaging champions, tormentors, or mini bosses with a shoulder charge deals further increased damage and refunds your melee energy. Uh, Worm God's Caress the burning fist exotic effect has been reworked it is now a meter that increases with melee kills and finishers and decays over time the meter is broken up into five seconds which provide escalating melee and glaive melee damage bonus the upper end of the meter also provides escalating weapon damage bonuses as the meter decays it passes back through earlier tiers rather than deactivating immediately the meter decays more quickly the more full it is ashen wake uh, Ryan knows I like these ones very much. Um, fusion grenade impacts now stun unstoppables. Synthoseps. While they wanted to bring the generic melee bonus down a bit to give space for the other more specialized melee exotics to shine, uh, they felt it's safe to bring Synthoseps glaive melee bonus back up a substantial amount. Uh, they've also swapped the increased melee lunge range to increase weapon handling and reload speed. So they removed extended melee lunge distance, uh, now improves weapon handling and reload speed while surrounded. Reduce PBE surrounded melee damage bonus from 165 to 165% from 200%. Uh, and they increased the melee damage bonus to 100% from 50. So uh, much higher melee. Uh, we might be doing synthos in that that heavy glaive again just to you know get some real schmacks in um, was that rat rat ratborn wraithborn eh. eh i haven't touched it since they hit it like that uh precious scars kills with weapons matching your subclass now apply restoration tier one for one and a half seconds in pvp and three in pve so matching subtypes and weapon flavors gives you an additional benefit with that uh, exotic. Winter bite. There you go. So um, with that, we move on to the warlock. Um, this is going to be a butcher, so I apologize in advance. The Bonedors Wrath Weavers. So uh, currently what this thing does, uh, your Winner's Wrath Shockwave deals increased shatter damage. Allies in range gain an overshield and increased damage with stasis weapons. So now whenever you cast a Frost Pulse Rift, nearby allies gain a Tier 2 Stasis Surge weapon bonus for 10 seconds in PvE, 5 seconds in PvP, and a 50 HP overshield. Seems decent, but that's that's a lot of work to take advantage of. And it really limits, because if you have to run a stasis, that's going to take that 
um, that first weapon slot, which is going to get rid of your Wish Ender Bow. It's going to get rid of your um, Arbalist, one of your Fusion Rifle. It's going to get rid of your Jared, what's the Pulse Rifle that came from the Seraph? Revision Zero. Mission. It's going to get rid of all those that are anti-barrier um, next season. So your your barrier is uh, going to have to be in second slot sidearm. So I don't foresee this being a huge thing. Um, Apotheosis Mel. Um, this is another one. This is one that my game likes to drop for me uh, quite a bit. It currently immediately regenerates health, melee, grenade, and rift energy upon activating your super. So, you know, there, there's there's way, ter- way better um, exotic choices uh, than this one. But now it grants cure tier three for you and nearby allies whenever you cast your super. And after the super ends, you get you know, you temporarily gain increased melee and grenade regen for eight seconds. So I don't know; it's better than what it was, but I can't really imagine um, a time that I'm going to use it. Honestly, Fell Winter's Helm. Uh, this is an exotic helmet. Uh, currently, powered melee final blows create a burst of energy that weakens nearby targets. Finishers and final blows against more powerful targets increase the radius of the burst and length of the weakening effect. So uh, with the change, it moved the size of the weakening burst and the duration of the weaken up one tier against all targets except for finishers against bosses, which retains the maximum size and duration. Now, next we have Karnstein Armulants or Karnstein. I've always called them Karnstein. Um, these are basically the the go-to melee arm exotics if you are a warlock. And currently, um, if you get a melee final blow, it restores a large amount of health and continue to restore health afterwards for a short duration. This pairs pretty well with um, uh, Monte Carlo, you know, where you get that melee up quite a bit. So you can do like some pretty dumb stuff in low tier activities. Uh, melee kills now grant cure tier three and restoration tier one for eight seconds finishers cure tier three and restoration tier two for eight seconds <clears throat> excuse me aeon cult um so um aeon swift aeon safe and aeon soul exotic armor all receive the following changes these are the like the heavy producing arms basically for each class um if you finish what is it yeah orange bars and champions i think you get you drop heavy oh rapid precision hits provide quicker reload and weapon swap speeds that no longer grants bonus melee grenade or super energy on stunning a champion or defeating a boss or mini boss instead stunning a champion or rapid precision hits against champions will mark them for your allies Allies deal 20% more damage to marked targets when a target is first marked nearby Aeon called allies who do not have the sector force role equipped gain grenade and melee energy. So these exotics, they basically have like three modes. They have the sector force, the sector insight, and the sector uh, vigor. So the sector insight, um, 
nearby Aeon called allies who do not have the sect of insight roll equipped no longer gain a bonus to weapon damage. Now they gain a burst of super energy. And with the third and last, now provides damage resistance against combatants when an ally dies or is resurrected. In addition to the existing class ability energy, when you cast your super, nearby allies no longer gain an instant burst of healing or overshield. Instead, critically wounded allies gain damage resistance from combatants as long as they stay near you. Those who do not have this role selected but have the exotic equipped also recover class ability energy more quickly. Um, I'm I'm going to be honest. This to me sounds like they're trying to polish a turd. Like it's like when are you ever like this is just this is a waste of their time as much as it's a waste of my time. Based upon other exotics that we have. Um, I I can see some usage here with sector force combined with sector insight, because uh, basically you're debuffing a target uh, with sector force, and then if, as long as you get that finisher off with the person with sector insight that you've debuffed, you'll get that heavy ammo. Um, but you know that's you know that's a lot of steps to get you to that point. You know, making sure that people are doing the correct job. So it's. I can see some benefit, but man, I don't see it like it happened in LFG. Like you'll just get you know, laughed out of the, the raid room chat for say, hey, <laughs> we should all run Aeons. Um, man. Let's all run Rat Kings, you know, just like <laughs> that same asshole. <laughs> yep. um, here are some armor mod changes. Uh, in general, it... Um, like melee kickstart, grenade, and utility kickstart, it's getting a nerf. Um, it's going to it's going to produce less um, uptime. Uh, momentum transfer, bolting detonation, impact induction, focusing strike. That's like using your melee to reduce your grenade cooldown. Use your grenade to reduce your class ability cooldown. All that stuff again nerfed to just give you less energy per, and then. Um, Reaper that's and firepower and heavy handed. Uh, that's how you get orbs of power, like after you dodge or after you get a grenade kill, melee kill. Um, Reaper, you after you use your class ability, you got 10 seconds to get a kill to get that orb to drop, and then also um, firepower and heavy handed have a 10 second cooldown for producing orbs of power. So you only basically be able to produce one every 10 seconds. So, less ability uptime. All right. Um, Fire Team Finder. Uh, Bungie put out an article today about uh, LFG. And I think Fox or Chad, one of you two, you said you actually read through it. And um, it's going to be launching. I, I scanned it. Um, okay. I scanned it and then backed out and noticed we had a twid. Um <laughs> But it looks like the menus look very self-explanatory and and easy to use. Uh, so it should be very easy to figure out. Now, as far as how good they are, they are going to be running some tests um, uh, on November 30th uh, from 9 to 5 p.m. up to their discretion. 
uh, they're going to be running it on a beta. So anyone that's online that wants to try it out, um, they can test it, which will let them put it through a stress test and see, see how well it works, how bad it works and, and help, uh, fine tune all the, all the, the kinks out of it while it's actually working on the live game and not on like just a server bound version. Um, so I think that's neat. I'm sad that I'm working that day cause I would like to fiddle with it. Um, but at least, you know, I'd like them to do more of those tests, like do it on a Saturday when more or Sunday when more people are off and at home, that way you're really putting it through, through the meat grinder and seeing if it actually works out well. Um, but like I said, the menus look really, really easy to, to scroll through and select what you need to do. Um, so if you're on, on the 30th, try it out. If you're on, on a Thursday in a work week, get on and try it out because we don't work weekends to accommodate the rest of our player base. All right. Um, shit drives me insane, man. (laughs) Billion dollar company. And there's not a soul in that place that can work a Saturday after they fire eight or way off. Sorry. 8% of their staff or whatever. Just give me a break. All right, uh, Destiny has added uh, additional cutscenes to the archive, which is on the YouTube. You can go through and look at those. Um, most of that's been a vaulted. Um, Spire of Savings. Um, this starting on Friday, November 24th. It's going to be a bunch of sales inside the Bungie store. And then also the expansions are going to be on sale up to 67% off on PlayStation, Xbox, and Steam. So if you're missing anything... Um, that like expansion wise, it's probably like one of the better sell days to go on and get. And then um, also in the Bungie store itself, they'll be bringing some items back to the store that was previously um, gone that you could go and um, if you miss something, go back and buy it. If you do that, you'll get two albums, one Dark Star and the other one is Wishing Well. Um, so that's if you buy on Friday the 24th. And we made it through. We made it through the twid um, over an hour into the podcast. You know, uh, it's been a while since we did one of those. Um, I'm exhausted. So I believe this takes us. Um, let's pause here before we do our ad break. Let's uh, let's take a quick pause here. All right, now let's get right into our ad break here with um, our first sponsor, Zencaster. Uh, Conqueror's Corner, a Destiny podcast, uses Zencaster for all podcast recording and has used it since episode zero. Episode zero um, is in the vault. Uh, we're going to release it, maybe like episode 200 or some special thing. It's our god awful very first episode where you hear all sorts of ums and ahs and pauses and there's no flow whatsoever and we talk over each other and it's bad. And I'm not saying what we do now is great, but it is much better than it was in that very first episode, our our pilot episode. So uh, we use Zencaster to record all of our podcast 
And it is seems to be the easiest thing, uh, the best decision I've ever made as the person that has to do the the production and uh, figure out, you know, how to host a podcast and have no idea what's going on um, on this website. It's been fantastic for us. Uh, one day, Jared and Chad O and I were sitting around and I was like, why don't we start our own destiny podcast? You know, everybody has a podcast. Why don't we have our own podcast as well? So what made it easy with Zencaster is we could get on here. Um, we get a link out. We all join the same room in that room. You know, you set up your microphone, your basic settings. When you get in there, it records all audio locally and then uploads it after. So you have good recordings that are high quality you can also shoot up to 4K video with your guest. Um, you also get all sorts of backups. It can back up straight to a Google Drive, which is how we use it and uh, makes you sound great. You know, you don't have to worry about having terrible sounding audio because it does all that for you. The push production goes in, cleans it all up, takes out ums, ahs. Um, it's basically an all-in-one podcasting platform. Create your podcast all in one place, and then they distribute it out to Spotify, Apple, and all other major podcast destinations. So if you go to zimcaster.com slash pricing and you use our code DESTINYCCPOD, you get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan and this is going to give you the same easy experience that I have whenever I go to produce the podcast and all of our content needs. It's time to get out there, share your story, start that podcast you've been thinking about. Make sure you tweet us uh, the name of that podcast so we can get on there and check it out. So we did uh, give Chato the, the hard work of going in and Chad, tell us whatever, tell us what you saw whenever you went. Uh, if you followed that link that we also have posted in the show notes, it's also on the YouTube and the Twitch as well. What did you see when you went in there, Chad? So when you click on that link, it's going to send you to a menu of uh, their their pricing for for just their their different plans that they have. And when you have our code in there, Destiny CC Pod it actually automatically adjusts the pricing on their menu all already. So you can just, you can watch it change to the new pricing based off of our coupon code. Uh, so you don't have to do much thinking about it. You just put it in and you see it right there. And I know that there's been times that I've missed episodes for vacations and, and those type of things. And Jared and Chad, you guys, um, you guys can attest that it's super easy. You guys coming in, you know, you don't have a whole lot of experience with this part of it, but you basically log on, you send an invite link, everybody joins, and then everything comes at you in high quality audio. You can also shoot high quality video and get all of that done. So as a reminder, use our special link to save 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan whenever you go to zencaster.com slash pricing and use destiny CC pod. All right. I believe that takes us to likes and dislikes. Jared, do you want to get us started? Yeah. Um, my like is straight up going to just want to be finishing gilding of the 
conquer a title. Like there's very yeah, you know, a few things in the game that he's like, I have to get done. Uh and that's one of them. And we finally got it done this week. Uh I that was also my like I figured it would probably get uh taken. So um like Jared said, getting the conquerors sealed on that is like priority one every season because I would feel like a fraud at being a co-host of a podcast called Conqueror's Corner and not gilding that that seal every season. Um and getting it see the first season it was available and gilding it every ever season afterwards. Yep. I was worried too. Come I was coming around like Sunday, I was like, hey, uh, we gotta get that last one in there before Jared goes out of town. But uh, my like for the week uh, is that we're all hopping aboard the hype trolley. Uh, there's no train here. We're just zooming from, you know, one stop to the next. Uh, beep, beep. Uh, we're, we're excited, but it's nothing train worthy. Um, and my dislike is is my bonk boy. Uh, I'm going to have to adjust my timing on that. Uh, not being able to throw it immediately after someone throwing theirs past me because everybody else's hammer also counts as your own hammer. Uh, that's gonna, it's gonna be very sad. I'm gonna have to wait 1.4 seconds to be able to throw it again. I don't like it. Uh, my dislike this week. So, um, this is going to be pretty, this is a first world problem. I'm just going to say it. Um, my previous keyboard the Logitech G915, the space bar was starting to like, it was feeling like sticky, not like I spilled something and it was sticky, but like it just wasn't popping up as fast. So if I was trying to double jump or something, it might get stuck and causing me to die here and there. Uh, the number three key was feeling sticky and the letter B was feeling sticky. So I was like, you know, I couldn't, I dealt with it for a while. I tried to order a new space bar and it worked for a while, but you can't buy like a legit Logitech space bar. It's like a 3d printed model. That's worse quality. And long story short, I bought the G915 initially because I was playing on a couch with mouse and keyboard on a television. Now, since we moved into our new home, fortunate to have a desk and monitors and blah 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 so i didn't really need the wireless capabilities and i was able to save like damn near 110 dollars going from the g915 or the g to down to the g815 with the only difference being the wireless um capabilities however whenever i <laughs> finally decided to unbox this keyboard and plug it in this thing has two usb ports that plug in and i did not have two usb ports available in the back of my computer so um it is it's a mess it's a struggle it's a mess i need a hub um whenever you have like interfaces and uh, stream decks and keyboards and uh cam links and um, wireless adapters and Xbox um, controller 
adapters and all these things plugged in. You start running out and, and you know, your mouse and your keyboard, everything, you start running out of spaces real fast. So I'm going to have to buy a hub. Um, however, Chad did a quick Google search while I was complaining and he's like, oh, that's a USB pass-through, uh, pass which has been handy because now I can just plug in like uh, my iPhone charger right there and just uh, and charge my phone. Whereas before I was having to try to find a wall outlet, which was a whole another issue because um, with the ring lights and monitors and computers and interfaces and all these other things, those require a lot of wall outlets. So I was out of those as well. So um, yeah, it's been... It's been a struggle. I, I don't like change. Things get shifted around. I don't do well with it. And I've had a lot of that this week. Um, you know, the dislike is going to be the, the armor, the, the armor set, like the, the Witcher armor set, like they dismissed the goal by 45%. You don't think that they would have did something different this time to like try to get people incentivized to buy silver for the Eververse? I mean, I'm there with you, but we don't know it's going to be twenty dollars. Yeah, like it's probably. But I feel like you do. Those PlayStation armors. Those PlayStation armors were sweet. The one that was like God of War, goes to Tsushima, and. Was it Days Gone or was it Horizon? The other, whatever it was, um, yeah. like those armor sets were rad. But I wasn't going to buy them. I'm like twenty dollars for an armor set. That's freaking insane. But it's it's almost like usually when it's like sales are down and you want people to spend more, like you just like try to show them a deal and a reason to go spend. And they didn't do that. They just said, "Hey, here's the armor." Not like I'm there. Hey, I'm there with you, man. Like I agree. Yeah, usually one armor set costs twenty, but guess what? If you spend thirty, then you'll get all three armor sets. There is no situation ever where the to buy the seasonal armor sets should cost more than the DLC for the year. Yeah. Dude, I saw somebody um, on Reddit break it down, comparing it to um, like a $20 set that you get from Call of Duty. Like Call of Duty, you get like two weapon skins, two operators, like two emblems, a weapon, like ornament for 20 bucks. But like, And the crazy part about like those weapon skins is the, or the blueprints or whatever that you yeah. said, those, they give you like, that's like basically buying maybe not like a five out of five god roll, but that's like buying two four out of five god rolls. Yeah, I like to put that in. Yeah, I think there's there needs to be improvement there. All right, um, no weapons breakdown. Uh, gambling corner. We're going to cover that real quick, right? Yeah. So this uh, week, uh, what we did was. We tried to guess the time on the Lightblade GM. We did a 2000 ante. Um, my guess was 35.32. Jared's guess was 
Chatto's guess was 37.50, and it took us 27 minutes, 35 seconds. We did live stream that on do that Tuesday night. Yeah. If you want to watch that, I think it's called like Season 22 Grandmaster Nightfall, the the light plane or something. It's it's very recent. It's you know right before this one on the YouTube. And you can get on there and watch us. And uh, we go over our loadouts and all that stuff at the beginning. And then you can kind of watch how we attack each room. Uh, we did kind of, we basically won and done every nightfall, every Grandmaster this season. So I um, went six for six and uh, pretty proud of the fellas. And um, it was fun. I always have a fun time doing this. It's basically the highlight of this of each season for me pretty well. So I had fun. Um, as far as you guys go, um, quickly, what rooms are the, the lookout, like the rooms you need to focus on? Yeah, for Lightblade, um, Wishender is your friend here. Um, anytime that you're not in the boss room and the boss is out and about, get him out of the way. And then you can start focusing on everything around us. Like literally spawning in at the start of the strike and go down the stairs. Like get that boss out and then just start plinking away at everything else with, with it with Wishender. I agree with Jared. Um, the other thing I would say is um, whenever you are in the boss room, um, just take everything like one-sixth of the boss's health at a time, and that's whenever like the enemies are going to spawn in. So like every 17 or 18% of his health uh, that that's when everything's going to spawn. And at like 33% and 66%, he spawns three of the light blink um, knights or whatever there in the center platform of that room. Um, being this is the last season, a holiday, we got some traveling going on. Um, we were not going to do a gambling corner this week um so with the way it looks chad is the winner jared finishes second i finish third that means chad gets to determine the punishment for jared and the punishment for myself my punishment should be slightly worse than jared since i got last place so chad have you thought about your punishment or do you need like another week Hold that out. I've had zero thoughts. All right. Um, slightly off on the math because I didn't update the rundown. I updated the stream. So um, I'm actually in last place, and Fox, you got second. <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry about that. So um, I'll still make yours worse, Ryan. But Thank you. That's uh, uh, just uh, a bro helping another bro out. Um, so, do you have any inkling at all of what you're thinking, or can you lead us in a, in a way that you're thinking? Are you going to punish us by like 
making us watch an anime? Are you going to punish us by making us solo a dungeon? What is your idea of punishment? Are you going to make Jared play Gambit with a sidearm for four hours? Like, what are you going to do? That uh, that Gambit with a sidearm was the only thing I would have designated as a punishment there. No, Literally no thoughts. None whatsoever. All right. So next week you'll come with our punishments? Sure. I'll write something down. <clears throat> Sounds good. Uh, with that, I believe that takes us to the war section. Oh, boy. All right. So we're going to finish off the last lore book of the season, starting off with chapter, a big fan, chapter five. Amaru floated at the edge of a large crowd, waiting for the opportune moment. He tried to remain inconspicuous. The hive ghost had snuck out of the tower, leaving his bone-ridged shell behind to avoid unwanted attention. He filched an old shaded shell from an office junk drawer. The sunglasses made it perfect for sneaking around undercover. Given the gaudy shells these preting tower ghosts wore, Amaru was sure his new appearance would go unnoticed. He wandered around the last city for a while, watching the citizens putter from one inane task to the next. Since resurrecting Savathun, Imaru had been witness to the creation of a throne world, cosmic-level spellcraft, and interplanetary invasions, being pent up with the humans watching them haggle over the price of charged carrion skewers was maddening. He was nearly bored enough to return the tower to the tower when a stream of rowdy celebrants piqued his interest. They poured into the streets from houses, bars, and bedding parlors, all making their way toward the edge of the city. Amaro floated among them. The crowd eventually arrived at the perimeter of an abandoned military base. Well-to-do patrons filtered past Red Jacks into the base, while most of the crowd gathered around enormous screens set up outside. The screens displayed the opening salvos of a crucible match, and Amaro could detect changes in air pressure as the Guardians bombarded each other within the facility. After the match's brutal conclusion, the crowd dispersed. A few diehard fans waited around the gate to congratulate the participants. Eventually, the Crucible's boisterous announcer emerged to receive his fans' well wishes. Once the crowd had thinned, Amaro floated up to the one-horned guardian. I love what you're doing there, big guy. I got friends who would be very into your whole killer-be-killed vibe. Amaro could sense Lord Shax blinking beneath his helmet, trying to place the ghost's voice. Well met. Perhaps your friends will join us in the field. Oh, you met some of them already. You got a lot in common, actually. Umar raised his voice in imitation of the Titan's booming commentary. Only the strong survive. Make your pain your ally. Dying is an essential element. That's right in their wheelhouse. You might even call it a philosophy. Well, the Crucible is more than just senseless violence, Shax patiently explained. It's about honor and fair play. It's about bringing the best out in one another and rising above our limitations. I totally understand. The goal is to be the sharpest we can be, and anyone who can't handle the edge gets cut. There's a certain logic to it. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself, Shaq said as his gleaming sparrow materialized beside him. But remember, the Crucible is about more than just combat, more than just guardians. It's about putting our differences aside and uniting everyone in the city, including the ghosts. He seemed to wink. I'm a big fan. Thank you for uniting so many different types of people 
more than I could have imagined. Many thanks for your support. I hope to see you and your friends again soon. Until next time. The massive guardian gave his admirer a brief salute and sped off into the city. Amara watched the titan recede into the distance. Whatever tickles your trigger, trigger finger, buddy, he muttered. The hive ghost floated off toward the tower, renewed in his purpose. At least now he knew that what the witch queen saw in the humans. Maybe they would have come around after all. Chapter 6, Contingency. In the end, they'll accept your offer. The witness won't leave them any choice. Savathun's voice echoed throughout the empty ritual chamber and Maru floated in the middle of the vast space, listening intently to his boss's pre-recorded instructions. With the war mind gone and the traveler incapacitated, they'll only have one option left. Savathun's recorded voice cooed. They'll have to do things our way, and you'll be here to make sure they do. Imaru grumbled. The boss was betting a lot on the vanguard, more than she bet on her own brood. Pride stung the edges of the ghost's first ghost's ego. He'd been an exemplary leader in Savathun's absence. If anything, he should be the one overseeing the war effort against Zivu Arath. Then again, he placated himself. Maybe it wasn't a matter of com competency. Maybe the Witch Queen just saw the vanguard as more expendable than her own brood. Hell, he chuckled to himself. Maybe this was just all a long con to keep the vanguard into Zivu's waiting jaws. Only the boss knew for sure. Imaru initiated playback on another recording, preparing to enact whichever the hundreds of Savathun's contingencies came to pass. If Ikora Ray is the one to accept my bargain, your job will be much easier. The recording began. That one was a deep well of bloodthirst. She ruled the crucible for many years, as you recall. Her eagerness to be reacquainted with death will lead her back to her convoluted ideas of fanatonautics. If anything, she'll get more get too powerful too quickly. If that happens, just arrange for her to accidentally kill one of her own. Glint, perhaps. That should slow her down for a while. Don't worry about putting her off for good, though. Once she feels the power of the sword, she'll never stop. Amara was filled with admiration and suspicion. He wondered if there was a trove of Savathun's contingencies somewhere that involved his sacrifice. Surely not. He was too important for that. He initiated playback of another recording. If the Awoken Queen somehow discovers the pattern before I'm resurrected, the Guardian may attempt to take the heirloom by force. It won't be Mara's idea, of course, but my dear Osiris, in his cleverness, might talk them into a poor decision. In that case, it won't be worth fighting them off. That would only play to Zivu's advantage. Instead, deliver the heirloom to the Cabal Empress. She has more reason than any to use it against my sister, and a protracted war of attrition will be inevitable. While those two rip each other apart, you can approach the vanguard with a slightly modified deal. Imaru cut off the recording. He hoped it wouldn't come to that. The vanguard had already guaranteed his safety, but the Cabal had made no such assurances. Showing up on their doorstep with the heirloom was the last thing he wanted. He initiated another recording. If all goes to my original plan, Eris will reach a crossroads. A hint of concern snuck into Savathun's voice. At some point, she'll glimpse a path to overcome my sister without resurrecting me at all. But there's only one way to gather so many ties in so short a time. She would have to put the vanguard to the sword 
followed swiftly by the elixni and cabal. The hive she would spare, I think, for her convenience. If that happens, there are no more contingencies, no more fallbacks. The hive would have a new queen and you a new leader. Wouldn't that be interesting? Chapter 7. A Deal's a Deal The air still sizzled with dissipating soul fire as the Guardian and Ikora knelt beside Eris. An eruption of light illuminated the thick smoke behind them. Savathun rose again, laughing. I suppose I had that coming, the towering god said as she rubbed her renewed throat. She slowly tilted her head. Something's different. I don't feel her. Imaru darted up to Savathun's eye level. After she took your power, Eris called upon Zivu's throne world and did something that cut her off from it. Banished from her own throne world, Savathun cackled gleefully as she approached. Eris, you overachiever, how I love you. I wound you up and you ran right over her. Savathun crouched, peering at Eris's collapsed form with intense curiosity. I'm surprised expending that much power didn't kill you outright though it explains why you're back in that awful little meat body of yours. Eris propped herself up on one elbow. Ikora moved to help her rise, but Eris waved her off. Our bargain is complete. Your sister has been dealt with and you live again. Now, Eris demanded, her uncovered eyes glowing fiercely. Tell us how to follow the witness. Tell you? Savathun frowned, her voice edged with disappointment. I already showed you. Ikora leapt to her feet, roaring void energy distorting the air around her. She took a measured step towards Savathun. No tricks, no riddles, no lies twisted around the truth, she said, her voice firm. Tell us now, or I don't have any reason to let you leave here alive. Savathun slowly drew herself to her full height and grinned down at Ikora, spreading her wings wide. Eris may have managed an interesting sword logic stunt but I have lost none of my power. She began to hover, her talons dragged across the ground as she floated toward the warlock. You are in no position to stop me. The guardian rose from Eris' side. I am. <laughs> Savathun paused for a long moment, her ossified face, unreadable. Finally, she sighed. Just when you were starting to impress me, she said as she closed her wings and stooped to Ikora's height. Imaru barbed awkwardly to keep level with her. We both need to stop the witness, and to that end, I have given you what I promised, she said slowly. You will find you have it when you are ready. Like Eris said, our bargain is complete. There's no need for drama. Ikora gritted her teeth. Savathun shrugged. Pout all you like, Ikora. It's not a trick, and if you won't take my word for it, then... Savathun looked around the ritual space of her throne world. Her eyes settled on Amaru and she smiled. Take him. What? Savathun ignored him. Take Imaru, my loyal ghost, my connection to the light. I leave him with the vanguard willingly. So if you would rather give me my final death than stop the witness. Crunch. Capiche? Amaru flew between Savathun and Ikora. Don't I get a say in this? No, Savathun laughed. You have your orders and the rest of you, she gestured at Ikora, the guardian and heiress, who had drawn herself unsteadily to her feet. Don't mess this up. 
The witness wants to sweep our pieces from the board, and we're having such a lovely game. Savathun turned, wings trailing like a gown, and Ikora took a half-step forward. The guardian was at her side in an instant. Eris placed her hand on Ikora's shoulder. Take care of yourself, Eris. It was such fun seeing your mask slip. The delighted laughter of the Queen of Lies echoed through the ritual chamber as she vanished down the long hallway. Final chapter, chapter 8, Proportionality. Savathun flew heavily through the shifting skies of her throne world. She struggled to build speed. Her wings seemed frustratingly stiff following her resurrection. She felt slow and uncoordinated, as if her body was not yet entirely her own. She frowned and drifted to the side, favoring her right, and did not see the spinning disk of void energy until it caught her low in the thorax and sent her tumbling to the ground. There was a terrible noise, a flash of purple metal, and then it was over. Imaru materialized in a burst of light. He looked down at Savathun, and then up at Saint-14, who stood over her body. Already, Imaru muttered in disbelief. Saint's face was hidden beneath his helmet. The lavender ribbons on his armor swayed and trailed with each heavy breath. It took him a moment to acknowledge the ghost. I heard you were in vanguard custody, Saint said. I'm not a prisoner. More like an insurance policy. Anyway, I could sense something happened and Eris let me come down to check it out. Saint nodded, his focus on Savathun. Something happened, yes, he said and nudged the pile of broken chitin and crumpled the wings with his boot. Amaru hovered close to Savathun. I'm not even going to ask, he said while channeling his light. Savathun rose to her knees. She took a raspy breath beneath her eyes and found Saint. She smiled. For O's, Saint stopped her. Ibmaru flew into Saint's face. All right, you've made your point. Saint wiped the steaming ichor from his visor with a thumb and gestured to Savathun's remains. Again, he said pointedly. Yeah, I don't think so, Amaru replied and initiated his transmat. Saint suddenly flared with void energy, his palms out at his sides. The violet ward of dawn dome burst from him. Amaru felt it ripple through him like a pressure wave disrupting his transmission. He bobbed unsteadily. He was unable to see but he could feel. And now Saint's armored hand gripped him so tightly that a hairline split ran through his shell. You will bring her back. I'm getting a little tired of you people threatening to kill me, Ibaru said into a muffled void. Saint's fist loosened by a fraction. You will bring her back, and I will give my word that you and she will both leave when I am finished. When you're finished, Ibaru echoed, and he felt Saint release him. He sensed for Savathun's form hidden in the blackness. He grimaced, focused his light, and Savathun began to rise once more. Savathun, Saint said, and killed her. You are very new to resurrection as a light bearer. In the beginning, there is a weakness when you first come back. Like waking from a deep sleep, from a coma. That is why I can best you. You are still unsteady. You are hive. And you know suffering, you come from death, it is nothing to you. But I think you may be, you do not know how it feels to be helpless. I will teach you. After a long time, Saint was finished. The dome vanished, exposing the Exo, the Ghost, and the God to the murky throne world sky. Saint slowly keyed in his transport request and removed his helmet. As he transmitted out, he looked once more at Savathun. This was not for Osiris. This was for me. When Saint returned home, Osiris met him at the door. 
You were gone for a while. That must have been quite the patrol. Are you hungry? And save 14, the greatest titan who ever lived, fell into his open arms and wept. Sheesh. Saint's a monster. I'm sure all the hive can now agree with the elixir. He's just a little upset. <laughs> just, I just love it. Yeah. All right, that takes us to the mailbag. All right. Uh, it's time. <clears throat> My voice is uh, it's getting worse the further the show goes. Uh, so, Jared, I'm going to let you kind of handle the okay. explaining what we're doing here and stuff. All right, we're going to do a, route, a Mount Rushmore of Thanksgiving sides. Uh, what a Mount Rushmore is, it's a snake draft. So, I mean, we can't have the same sides. Like mashed potatoes can only be picked once. Macaroni and cheese can only be picked once. It's only on one of our Mount Rushmores. So, um, since uh, Chad's the winner of the gambling corner this season, he goes first, Fox will go second, and then I will go third. But when round two starts, I will be getting the first pick, then Fox the second, and then Chad the last. Then snake draft, that's how that works. Um, so, Chad, um, go ahead and get us kicked off here. What's your what's your mm-hmm. first pick? And and it's it's Thanksgiving sides, correct? Just the sides, yeah. no? No, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I, I don't know what you guys call it, so I'm going to say the two things that I know it's called. Stuffing slash dressing. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> I feel like that's a, a pretty solid one one. Uh most people most people really like it. I'm not a stuffing dressing guy. Um <clears throat> most people are. I know I'm the weird one. That's fine. It's fine. Uh for me, um I I don't know. If there is a better answer here for me in the in the in the second slot, I think uh, mashed potatoes is definitely right here. I feel like this is the the glue that holds everything together. Mm-hmm. You've got people that like stuffing, yeah. People that don't like stuffing, yeah. People that like mashed potatoes, people that don't like mashed potatoes. Uh, or I'm sorry, um, not mashed potatoes, but like green beans Stuff. or mac and oh. cheese. Like everybody likes mashed potatoes. So we're mashed potatoes here. Um, classic one and two picks there. I feel like number three, I got to take the gravy. You kind of just, uh, you said this to glue, but uh, for mashed potatoes, but I think gravy is the glue that ties the whole plate together <laughs> at times. Um Especially like when they they take the I don't know what's called is it called the juicer like they take the juice the fat out of the turkey pan put it in another like small pot and you know add the the flour yeah and they render that down make it into a yeah 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 that that's the kind of gravy that I'm thinking about and loving there Um, yeah and then I'm gonna go with rolls like a good buttery roll next one yep. If you're taking rolls, I'm going to take like, 
This is a hard one. I'm going to call it shells and cheese uh, because we prefer shells and cheese over macaroni and cheese. No, okay. Uh, but the, the same thing, like uh, instead of the, the macaroni noodles, it's just the shells. So we'll say mac and cheese, shells and cheese, whichever. Mm-hmm. Wow, mac and cheese rolls. That's that's all the American ones I know. That's That's literally, that's all I got. <laughs> That, Everything else, is like, they, is just that's literally those five things, <laughs> and weird. the rest of it's just like just regular food. Yeah. Um, oh man, I'm trying to think. There's a big two, one missing. I, I, I was gonna go right off the rip green bean casserole. Um, and then let's see here. Gosh, that's, I don't, I don't, geez, really there's, <laughs> I want to just say stuff. rice and beans. Cause that's like, that's, that's, hey, that's something juice. I'll find. It's you can do that. That's fine. If yeah. that's what you want. All right. Rice and beans. Okay. Um, I feel like there are two options for me to take here. And I don't know. I don't know. Like if I leave one, Jared might overlook it. And it comes back to me. Um, I'm going to go. I want to go cranberry sauce here. I think. Just a secure, secure one. Um, I recently tried cranberry sauce over the last couple of years, and I, I don't know why it it's you know a staple to Thanksgiving, but it, it is. Um, but I, to the taste altogether, this is not for me. Um, so. I'm gonna go with uh, with corn here. I think corn's I'll a great side corn. for Thanksgiving. Um, now, Fox took mashed potatoes. Is there like like hash brown casserole? Is that a, an option to choose from here, or no? I think that I've been places where there's been both. So out of the Thanksgiving of my heart, mm-hmm. I will allow you to take. Because I, I know it's been both take that Thanksgiving's that I've been to also. Right. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go. So um, that means it, it's, it's back yeah. to me. You've got mashed potatoes, mac and cheese, cranberry sauce. as my third one. <clears throat> Um, just trying to kind of think through here and this is kind of hard. This is kind of where we start running out of, of traditional sides and it turns into like, what weird thing does your family have that other people don't have? And saying that, 
And even though my first pick was mashed taters, um, I feel like I have to go taterlicious right here. So uh, taterlicious hey. is a is a, a Fox family tradition that comes. And just imagine a glass dish that um, is heated <laughs> and it has like the red potatoes. I think they're new potatoes. Some people call them. Um, a shitload of bacon and like a shitload of butter all mixed together. And with that, you have tater. And once the show goes live, I will tweet out a <laughs> handwritten recipe from the mother <laughs> of not. Excuse me. A handwritten recipe from the mother of not Ryan Fox of the Taterlicious. And I promise you, if you make Taterlicious, you will be the talk of your family. Your family will love you more than they did pre-Taterlicious. That is what I promise you. Oh, man. Right. And you can find that tweet on Twitter at Destiny CC Pod. All right, Chad, what's I the last pick? There's not really an option here. I think there is. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, you already picked green bean casserole. Green bean casserole to me is you know, trash. I'll just, I'd rather have regular green beans than green bean casserole. Yeah. But here's the thing. I agree. For me, I would never equate regular green beans to Thanksgiving. Mm. It if okay. if it's not in casserole form, it's just a regular food. This is for me like like the way I think of it is things I would only ever really see at Thanksgiving. But like that's why I pulled like after five, I we already ran out. Like so I what, had nothing left. What if we do just like a straight butter as a side? Butter? butter get out of here. See, because I was thinking like, I'm thinking like biscuit or cornbread, but I'm like, like, yeah, I'll go cornbread, crescent roll, Mm -hmm. biscuits. I'll go biscuits. Just don't, don't do that. (laughs) You're the one that went mashed potatoes and taterlicious. You literally have, you take two different potatoes in there, dog. I mean... I think that there's a very obvious one that's that's being missed here. I think that we're two very Same. different people, Ryan. You may say it's obvious, and I have no clue. Just say it. I'm the la- I'm literally the last pick, right? All right. So you have sweet potato casserole that's still available, um, and you also have, um, um. Oh, you got to go faster. This is already a long podcast, Ryan. Just, just throw <laughs> things out. Fair enough. But there's, uh, there's, he's there's still talking like, slow. Just, just let him out. It's like rice. Just start naming things. It's like our, some rice dishes that are out there. I already said rice. I already put rice up there. I'm not putting potato twice. Yeah. I don't know. Pumpkin roll. You shot down biscuits. I'm just gonna put pumpkin rolls. Like apple pie. 
But that's a dessert. I wouldn't consider that a side. Pumpkin rolls, slash hog, pecan pie, which I didn't dip into desserts because nobody else did, and I didn't want to be the a-hole. Because they're not sides. They're entrees. a dessert. All right, that's it. All right, that's it. From there, it is now time for my favorite part of the podcast. We are going to guess a number between one and a hundred. I have a random number generator pulled up. And number, the third roll on the random number generator is the winner. Uh, So, guys, what are your numbers? 28. 29. And I'm going to go 69. Roll one, roll two. And roll three is 96 F word. So close yet so far away. Um, so as a reminder, follow us on Twitter at destiny CC pod. If you listen to the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, other podcast services, thank you. Don't forget. You can watch us on Twitch and YouTube and, uh, look in the show notes, uh, for the Zencaster link. And start your own podcast. Send us a tweet. Let us know what it is. I promise you, you will have at least three listens from the three of us. Use code at DestinyCCPod at Zencaster there to get that. Uh, Zencaster.com slash pricing. Zencaster, Z-E-N-C-A-S-T-R dot com slash pricing. I'm going to let these other two guys sign off. All right, uh, next week's episode's initial reaction to the season and preparing for the dungeon. We're going to get some some good Amka lore next, next season, so get ready. As always, go Cats. Love you guys. <laughs>